In times like these, being a citizen is a big job. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the virtues of self-rule and debate the state of our republic. Welcome to the Citizen's Prerogative Podcast. This is the voice of your nerdy host, Michael Piscatelli, and we are blessed with a co-host whose passion for our republic precedes him everywhere he goes, Raymond Wong Jr. And I will do anything to protect her. This is uh, episode number 36, still in season two. And um, the previous episode we just wrapped up was on patriotism. Uh, For a little bit of fun, we decided to present a patriot counter argument. Do a little thought experiment on what, what would being a patriot look like that would force us to storm the Capitol or something like that. And I want to thank Michael for introducing that so graciously. Um, What he's really uh, saying is that I'm crazy and I thought it is appropriate to storm the Capitol at some point. I thought in my mind that, you know, at some point, if the government went too far, is it necessary? Do we push the bar? Do we storm the Capitol? Um, And so this deep thought experiment came from a true thought. And I continue to question that. As you should, we should all be skeptical forever. But I love that question. So, you know, what does the worst case scenario look like and and what do we do about it? And it all comes back to, well, we agreed to what the rules are. So we should follow the rules. Patriotism begs us to follow the rules. And, you know, with the sports metaphor, what good is playing a game, a sports game, whether it be football, baseball, or something else, if the rules can be changed midway through the game? You know, if who actually won the game clearly based on the score, uh, the loser doesn't concede. You know, we can't, we, we, our systems are not designed to operate that way. And the American system, this republic, you know, when, when people refer back to a peaceful transition of power being like a really critical component, it's true. It goes back to Washington, the first president, who was also the general of the first army. And he gave up his power as commander in chief. He gave it back to Congress and they elected a new president. So the power and transition and peaceful transition comes in concession. It comes in conceding. And up until the most recent election cycle we had for president, everyone's conceded. Even when strange things have happened, I think you mentioned, you know, George H.W., whichever, the middle, you know, the younger Bush that became president after his father, you know, courts got involved, Supreme Court got involved there, you know, to try and make the election come to a decisive end. Because most of the court system is designed to bring a decisive end to any case, isn't necessarily for it to be the most just outcome. (laughs) It's to make a decision so that we can move on and have another opportunity. So this case, like, oh my God, worst case scenario is, you know, we've, we've got somebody in office who won't, you know, concede, but there's apparatuses and mechanisms in place to follow the votes, right? So if you don't interrupt the vote process, theoretically, commander-in-chief title goes to the person who won the votes, whether you concede or not. So theoretically, we've learned through most recent experiment that you know there is some 
methodology for dethroning a potential king if they want to stay. <laughs> and the election sends them out, um, which is pretty good. But storming the capital is like revolution cannot be a part of the system. We can't have a revolution every four years. You know, that's why we have elections. And if someone fails to concede and we make a mistake or somebody, you know, just really cheats and gets away with it, it's happened. It's happened before in our system. And it and it's quite possible it could happen again. I'm not saying it happened recently. I'm saying historically, back to the beginning, right? There's been lots of funny things that have happened in our system and it just keeps going forward. And it's all about the next election. It's about the next election to make the difference. You're saying that Pence goes with the big lie. Pence decides to push back. It creates all kinds of turmoil. There's not a responsibility at that point for the other side to step in and, and storm the Capitol because they are really breaking the rules at that point. Yeah, um, but you can't establish legitimacy by breaking the rules so if you at some point do intend to own the high ground you have to stay on the high ground and i know that's an opinion um but that's the only way you don't like dismantle the system from the side you know nobody if everybody stopped following the rules then it just all falls apart anyway right and you have to replace it with something um we we haven't seen that happen to the greatest degree. Although, you know, we've seen, for instance, the Supreme Court overturn its own decisions in its own lifetime. You know, go, going back to, there's a court we'll, we refer to as the Warren Court. It was the last name of the Chief Justice at the time. I think his first name was Earl. Might have been Earl Warren. But in any case, within like 10 to 12 years, you know, he, he overturns his own decisions on the Supreme Court. Um, because they were not in alignment with what was really just um, or you know what was really demanded based on a, a, a true interpretation, a true logical philosophical, philosophical interpretation of the law. Previous decisions were made through undue influence. And so over time, these things do correct themselves provided we double down on the rules we've all agreed to. And if there are people among us who aren't going to follow those rules, then they should not be allowed to participate in that system. And that's, that, pro that's probably the relief valve we're really wanting to talk about. I, it's, it's, been, it's been tough for me because, I mean, coming from an honest place, I told you earlier, I won't give you my full strategic yeah. Uh, layout but I, I did think we wanted to go through and and we had to have a reaction if the courts went south and and if everything went uh everyone just went kooky about the results of the election i thought we had a responsibility to act or or do something and i suppose i was correct our responsibility was to continue focusing on the system continue believing in and strengthening our electoral system and our local governments uh, to protect us from whatever's going on at the federal level, not to storm the Capitol. That is irresponsible. And frankly, it's of an earlier time, right? A medieval age. Yeah, definitely. And, 
you know, we don't want revolution by force in this nation anymore. That's why we created the Republic and why it has, you know, election cycles and election process so that the, the government can change with the times and with the whim of the people. Um, <laughs> and even when you don't get your way, you don't get what you wanted. You know, you don't throw away the whole thing. You play the game harder, better. You know, you come back with better ideas. That's theoretically, you know, the way the system is structured and set up to operate. And historically speaking, you know, the pendulum swings. It swings in a lot of different directions. Um, and then in our system, it's more or less democracy, right? Are, are more or fewer voices in our system being heard through voting and, and other mechanisms? Um, and are the laws, you know, in alignment with those things? So that's, that's always the big challenge and it's big and complicated and people don't like thinking about it. But when you break it down, you know, just election by election, I think it makes it a little bit easier. But storming the Capitol, yeah, like at, at what point, you know, and if I think about it, it would be if, you know, if one party, it, that's what would have to happen, right? A party would have to take, have more gravity, you know, than judges sitting on the bench. The judges get warped to the party's line, the legislators get warped to the party's line and the executive branch gets warped to the party's line. The party is the greatest threat, I think, to the healthful functioning of our republic. And you see that in China. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why I was thinking the same thing is that, well, the communists do it, the Chinese government has their messaging and their party and that level of control. And yet we fall into the same ideals. Hmm. I lost track of timing. So let's go ahead and have a quick break. So we know we've got that out of the way. Here's a message from our sponsor, Citizen Do Good. Even though you've heard it before, it's still true. The war is never over and every battle counts. I know you are tirelessly demonstrating good citizenry on the daily through actions and words, and you donate your time and your money to causes that count. Thank you. The time is now to deeply re-examine our current implementation of governance for the dawning of a new day, and we are the proud sponsor of Citizens' Prerogative Podcast, a major partner in spreading the good word about civic love and the power of change for us all. At Citizen Do Good, we want to empower all citizens to participate in their republic in a reconstructive way. With that goal in mind, we need your help to stay on mission and grow this community. Please rate the podcast with five stars on iTunes, through the app on the web, or on your device. If you don't feel like you can give us five stars, let us know why on our sponsor's Facebook page, Citizen Do Good. Also, make sure you join our newsletter at citizendogood.com. You'll get updates every couple of months on all of our antics, not just the podcast. While you're there, check out the shop, which has specialty merch and provides a way to make a one-time contribution that helps us pay for production and for hosting. Feel free to share any suggestions you have through the Contact Us page. Thanks for your support. It makes me, or at least I'd like to be clear, that uh, my original plan, and it's documented on our behind-the-scenes 
uh, that uh, I only was suggesting a march on the Capitol if I thought everything went south. So um, I still feel very patriotic in my overall intentions. Uh, I do believe that I would hope we would not violate any uh, property lines because that's really what it comes down to, I think. Going to the Capitol, marching on the Capitol is very patriotic. I'm with you all the way until you breach the line, until you you come into a place you were not invited. And so I, um, I appreciate that. I, I still questioned it though, like, is, is it ever appropriate to go? But it sounds like what you preach is um, perseverance, uh, patience, um, probably doubling down on the system and, com- and just airing your concerns about the failure of the system and not necessarily, um, like what action can you take, right? Once you remove people from power, who, who is the king? Who goes in the vacuum? Um, there's probably no good way, as we've shown through our own wars in America, there's no way to really replace it. Yeah, the, the peaceful transition of power and the way we've, we've demonstrated it still today is the best option we've got. Um, and, and trusting in these election processes and, you know, what's really interesting is the recall. I was just thinking about this now. It occurred to me, we were having a conversation recently. So in California right now, there's a recall election underway for governor of the state. And we've, we've touched on this before and I've expressed an opinion and, and I have an updated refreshed opinion to present and it's around the same concept, right? The vacuum of power and, trusting in the process we set up in elections, even when they're gerrymandered and everything else, right? We've always struggled to make a more perfect union and we can never stop, right? We can never rest on those laurels. But I'm really frustrated with this recall process. It is not helpful. It is not productive for the state of California. The, the process itself is cockamamie (laughs) to use a technical term so you get a ballot right you get a ballot in the mail and on the front uh it asks you know do you vote to recall yes or no so there's an initial question do you recall the current governor yes or no and on the back of the ballot is like 45 names of other people that you're going to vote for governor if the governor is recalled so even if i say no i don't want to recall the governor I, i should select somebody on the back of this sheet in case he does get recalled who do i want to be governor and there's like there's no good options like this is an off cycle strange thing you've got politics you've got party politics coming to bear so there's like two or three democrats there's one green party person you know a whole bunch of republicans but none of the candidates are good and what would you expect this is just a snap election and i don't get the choice of re-electing even if right like if the governor gets recalled and that wasn't my choice i still can't pick the same governor's name i have to pick some 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 third fourth fifth rate i don't know what like for me it should stop at the front of the ballot in my mind what happened in new york recently with governor cuomo stepping down and lieutenant governor stepping up and then lieutenant governor selecting the next lieutenant governor makes sense it's a it's a much more peaceful transition of power 
in my opinion. And so in California, when we do the recall, it should just be recall yes or no. And if we recall the governor, we don't get to pick who's next. It's the, It should just be Eleni Kunalakis. I think that's her name. I think that's our lieutenant governor. She should just get elevated to governor for the remainder of the term, select the next person. We go through a normal election. Not So this is how California got um, elected Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California because they did a recall election on Gray Davis. That was the governor at the time. <laughs> and I was like, not that Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bad governor, but going through a recall process, I was in Arizona at that time, so I didn't go through it. Now I'm going through this recall process. I'm like, this is horrible. It's just like one of two celebrity names are on the ballot. And I have a, this awful feeling if if the current governor got recalled, we were going to get some random celebrity as the governor that doesn't work well with any of the government that's in place. <laughs> like, wow, this is how you, this is how you design a system to not function well. I'll stop. Purposefully chaotic. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's actually that way throughout it, the way our roads are built, the mass transit problem, um, the limited capacity, scarcity across the entire system. It's, it's, it's there and it's meant to be purposefully hobbled if it gets any type of momentum or energy behind progressive um, agendas. So it, it is interesting. I, I think the dysfunctional um, California government itself is a good, a good point. Again, you just have to bear with it and lean in. I think that's what's most important. Patriotism yeah. is understanding your government, understanding its flaws and discussing it openly and not just pushing things to the side. I think that's the American issue is that we want to put politics to the side, but there's nothing more American than being patriotic. And that's just discussing and having an acumen on your own constitution. Yeah. Definitely. There's nothing more American than talking about politics. <laughs> yeah. It touches all of us. Um, and so, yeah, I guess all of this is just a long-winded argument for me to say, well, even if the system is messed up, then that means it's up to us to fix it, you know, and not just complain. So what I realized is going through this recall election, now I'm I'm very interested in maybe uh, helping put together a ballot proposition that changes this recall process. I'll have to figure out if it can be changed through ballot proposition or if I have to call all of our state legislators and be like, okay, we need to change this process so that we're only doing a recall and we're not putting in place. We're not electing. It's not a snap election. It's just crazy. <laughs> in September, it's off cycle. They just picked some date in September for the election. So... I get so annoyed by these types of things because it's it's an unhelpful add-on, right? You support the right to recall. That is a yeah. That is something you believe in. We do we do have recall rights for our judges here in Arizona, and our governor as well. So we 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 have we hold that ideal. It's just strange to me because it also shows that something else is broken. Like either the censure process doesn't work and, or the impeachment process doesn't work because those were the, you know, well, censure wouldn't remove anybody, but impeachment, impeachment would, right? And prevent future office holding. Um, to me, recall is just disruptive. <laughs> like you said. <laughs> 
And I, I'm I'm gonna do, I promise to everybody now I'm gonna go do my research on on how recall elections came to be in California. I suspect it was a ballot proposition. Some of the worst laws that have ever been passed, I think, in this state are through ballot proposition. Probably through largely special interests. That's the problem is that you know all of these uh, lobbyist groups and special interest groups they're 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 spending and they're making a ton of money to understand our constitution and leverage it against us. And it's just it's just silly that we're not part of the game. And I think that's more and more my feeling is that the answer is not action, not physical action, not breaching some revolution. structure, not revolution. It's a revolution of thought and mind. Yeah. Like the, the, the founders did the hard work, the, the constitution's still intact. And I think that's what citizen do good puts us out here for in the first place is that we live those ideals that the constitution's solid. It's the, it's the rest of it. It's the framework around it. I keep thinking of your car, Michael, we, we need to re- rework this car. It just doesn't have the right, <laughs> doesn't have the right system over it. Right. It's got these weird overlays and, mm-hmm. and oddly shaped tires, duct tape in there, <laughs> holding things together. We, <laughs> we should go back and actually design something uh, a little more thoughtful. So vocalize. Yeah. Well, we'll see because all these uh, we've got some big bills coming down the pipe soon um that's going to be rebuilding this country so that that'll be interesting but i don't know how much of that's going to touch on the on on rebuilding the the politics side i think the call from the executive branch right now is to just get active it's just a yeah it's big infrastructure it's big infrastructure but to fix gerrymandering and because hr1 right now they're going to be able to pass all of the big spending bills for infrastructure that's going to result in good contracts for you know, moneyed individuals and, and companies throughout the country. Hopefully some minority businesses will get some of those contracts as well. Um, so everybody votes, all the lobbyists, everybody's happy when the government's going to spend money, even though the Republicans complain, their companies are rewarded with contracts. So it's kind of funny. Um, that's all going to happen. But what's still stalled is HR1. What's still stalled is the important infrastructure work to ensure the Republic is entrusted to us and not the patriarchy, right? And not the money. So money in politics, gerrymandering, and anything else that is getting in the way of us and our Republic is hung up on HR1. John Lewis, um, the John Lewis Voting Rights Act is also hung up. And those are things that are subject to filibuster. So right now, everything is just about the Benjamins following the dollars because they can get those things passed. But we're going to have to start generating more energy around the things that are going to fix our voting system and elections and reduce the waste, the money that's wasted in our elections. Anyway, I feel like I've gotten off topic. We were talking about the Patriot counter argument when it's when is it right to storm the Capitol? Never, never. Peaceful protest is always never. protected under the law, right? Only peaceful I, protest. I guess if it's evolution, we're past it. You know, kind of like I said, be like the and you saw that, right? Like uh, during the uh, during the uh, the recent interviews or the testimonies by those police officers, they said it was medieval medieval tactics 
with even the heave and the hoe, right? Just pushing against the front line. So you really saw a digression in, in human evolution at that point. And if we are this great species and we are to evolve and grow, that means the days of brute combat, brunt force is at its end. Very poetic. I mean, while we're pulling out of Afghanistan, ending a 20-year war, this country, I mean, we're 250, 60, whatever, however old we are, the majority of the years we've been alive, we've been at war. And what has it gotten us? A lot of debt. Let us not execute war against one another on our own soil anymore. We've done it for far too long. We'll see if we can find a new way forward. So with that, I think the call to action, you said it earlier, right, Ray, is to lean in. Lean into the system. Don't forsaken it. If it needs to change, then get active. Figure that out. Find out who's you know fighting the right fight, pushing in the right way. And if it means, you know, you're helping people get to voting places, polling places and things of that nature, then so be it. Like we've got to do whatever we can to make sure that our vote counts as long as it's hard to vote until we can get some laws passed, right? That make it easier again. So the pendulum is swinging against enfranchisement for the vote, right? Making it harder to vote. We're seeing that all swing again and that's history repeating itself the courts have opened you know they've shut down many of the laws from the mid mid 50s and 60s of the 19th century and so now we have to pick up the mantle and, and reestablish and reassert our authority as citizens in the law because that's where our power comes from thankfully they include the right to assemble you know, and we have a very strong Bill of Rights that does allow us the ability to air our concerns. And, and that's what we need to be focused on. Again, all of this focus on fighting each other, um, having a, a culture war yet again. You know, um, we already went through it in the past multiple times, but they just keep stoking it to distract us. And I really hope that the next era is an era of conversation, an era where we, we looked up from our electronic devices and we came out of our suburban bubbles and our and our even our homes and 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 became neighborly maybe that is truly the action that energy that even i had to maybe want to march to the capitol maybe i need to start marching next door or start marching to the um, local community uh, engagement shelter to, to donate my time, etc. Maybe there's a different answer um, to this energy that everyone feels. I think that's a great high note for us to wrap up on. We have been your hosts. Thank you to Mr. Raymond Wong Jr. And thank you, Mr. Piscatelli. It's truly been an insurrection, a thought. It's it's been something that's for sure. I love these thought experiments. We'll have to do more of them. For more information on this and other episodes, head over to citizenduga.com and click on podcast. While you're there, hit up the contact us page and leave a comment. 
We'd love to hear from the community. Special thanks to you, our listeners. We saved the best for last. You have been the best and you have been for years. Thank you for your support. We know it's painful and we love you. Intro music sampled from OK Class by Ozzy Jock under Creative Commons license through freemusicarchive.org. Other music provided royalty-free through Fizzly and Studios, Inc.